You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Hi, everyone. I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. It is John C. Morley here, and welcome to another fine edition of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Can you believe it, everyone? We are on just the second to last um, Friday of October. Next week's going to be the 28th. And that's Halloween. That means a week from this coming Monday, the 24th, which is the 31st, will be Halloween. All right. <sighs> Lots of great information. But new information I want to share with you. Uh, many of you guys know that I am a member of the international press. I've written for many of my clients. However, I needed to get back into writing for my businesses. So I made a commitment to start doing that last week. And every week I write now close to three or four articles, about 600 to 1,200 words. Definitely check that out at BelieveMeAchieve.com. There's so much great information that you're going to want to check it out and uh, soak up all the great knowledge. Subscribe to the newsletter on LinkedIn and whatnot. All right, so um, before we get into you know our topic, I want to let you know that um, we have been looking for more guests, but I want to share with you that we just don't want any guests on the show. We want guests that understand this is about value. This is about education. And if you understand that, then you know the kind of guests that we're looking for. We're looking for guests that want to make a difference in people's lives, but are not looking to sell something or hard sell something. If you're looking to do that, our production team is probably going to just reject your application. So um, if you have something serious, you can go to jmore.com, click on reach out today. And apply, because we'd love to talk to you if you have something important you'd like to share that's educational and a non-sales uh, delivery. All right, let's get into what we got to talk about. Our first uh, topic for the evening is, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've got it for you. Here it comes. Texas sues Google over biometrics. What the heck is this all about? This is a breaking story. And uh, apparently, um, Google had been collecting biometric data uh, from Texas uh, citizens. And um, this included also voice prints and records of face geometry 
with their Nest smart home gadgets. And the services, including Google Photos and Google Assistant, Paxton says that Google faces penalties up to, ladies and gentlemen, get this, $25,000 per violation. And quoting, Paxton says millions of Texans are likely affected. So Texas is also leading nine other states in an antitrust case that says Google is monopolizing online advertising. I want to quote Paxton once again, and he says that it's it's another breathless lawsuit. Google spokesperson Jose Costienda said in a statement, we will set the record straight in the court. Will you really set the record straight or are you just going to confuse people? I mean, I think that's um I think that's something that 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 needs to be understood because if you if you're setting the record straight or are you confusing people? Because if you're confusing people, then it's it's gonna be very interesting what happens in court. And I can tell you right now that um it's it's a problem it is it, it is definitely a problem and i will tell you that um you know people out there are literally going to lie about this i mean they're going to lie about it. there's not not too much we can do about it uh but they're going to lie about it and when they lie about it I think it's going to make things harder for a lot of people, right? It's going to make things uh, really hard. And so Google, unfortunately, is a uh, conglomerate. And, you know, they're an advertising company. Um, but, you know, I've always said to you when you get something for free or if you're getting some convenience services, are you aware of the security breaches? that may be happening or the risks and exposure of your PI, your personal information, as well as in the HIPAA market, PHI, personal health information. You see, all these companies care about is big data. They care about the fact that they're going to make billions of dollars off of your data. I mean, they don't see you as a person. They see you as a number. And that number has a lot of data that they know that they're able to sell to the highest bidder. I think it's terrible. And uh, the Texas Attorney General um, filed a privacy lawsuit against Google uh, this past Thursday, accusing the internet company of collecting Texans' facial and voice recognition information without their explicit consent. This man, known as Ken Paxton, the state attorney general, said that Google had violated a state consumer protection law that requires companies to inform citizens and get their consent before capturing their biometric identifiers, such as uh, fingerprints, uh, voice prints, and, I quote, a record of hand or face geometry. So violators of the law will face penalties up to $25,000 per violation, and Mr. Paxton said, and I quote, Google had millions of users and Texans who were potentially affected. So Google seems to be wrong, but we have to wait till the courts obviously handle that. 
But this isn't the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that Google or Meta or Facebook has gotten in trouble with data. And I think it just comes down to the fact that can they get away with this? And if they get away with it, are they going to keep getting away with it? Or are they going to get more than a slap? Because, you know, $25,000, I'll be honest with you, that may not be enough money to say to Google or to Meta or any of these companies that they did something wrong. Maybe they need to be fining them like not 25,000, but maybe like 10 million or 25 million. I think then maybe it might sink in. And I know with these bigger companies, millions mean more than thousands. And if we see the same effort happening with these big companies, then we need to turn it into billions. I'm really serious about this because they think because they have a few extra dollars that they could abuse the population. They can abuse us. They can abuse the data. They can misrepresent it. They can confuse it. They can say it wasn't indexed right. They can say all kinds of crazy things. But at the end of the day, they're lying. They're lying through their teeth. They know they're lying. And they have some really great attorneys that are going to manipulate and twist the truth into something that really isn't close to what's going on. So I feel that we as citizens need to send messages to these companies. I think conveniences are great. However, when we use a convenience and we don't know about the privacy policy and we can't trust that privacy policy, we shouldn't use that device. That's that's really what I have to say. So we'll keep you in the loop to what's happening with uh, the lawsuit against Google from Texans. But like I said, other states, I'm sure, are going are gonna to follow suit. And you might say to me, John, you know, what other states, uh, you know, besides Texas are suing are suing Google for um, exploiting their data? And the question is something that is going to keep changing because I think more people, Texas has always been a state that's been on top of things like this. Um, Google has had a way of just doing what they want to do, closing an account. They don't have to give reason. Uh, a quick story I want to share with you is um, there's another provider out there. Uh, I'm going to tell you the name, eBay. Now, they've changed a lot. And I have to tell you that um, I went to sell something on eBay. And I listed the item. And then I listed it with a reserve. Don't do that. Well, they didn't tell me. They didn't give me any warning. And then all of a sudden, I got this bill. So I went online and clicked a button. And I got right through to their tech support. And the guy said he was going to waive the bill. No problem. Uh, but he said, you know, this is how it works now. I said, well, they should have a more clear indication on the screen that lets me as the consumer or business owner know that I'm going to be charged when I use the reserve uh, listing. And reserve basically means that if you don't hit that amount of money, uh, the item is not going to sell, but you're still responsible for that $50 or et cetera because of that. So I think that's a big problem. And um, so... About two weeks, the item was on there, and then it didn't sell. And so they said, okay, I'm going to relist it because, you know, well, when I relisted it, it billed me the $50. I was very unhappy. 
Within a couple days, I needed to pay that bill. I got a notice saying that the bill is due now. I tried to contact customer support. They said the bill was passed due. It was only a day. And once they suspended my account, restricted it, I couldn't contact anyone at their 800 number, anyone. It was like they had this lockdown. So I said, okay, you guys want to play this, this big boy game? Fine. I'm going to send a letter out to the district attorney general's office and several others. And it took a few weeks, but magically my account got a message of the day saying, thank you for my recent payment. And that was an automated system in the back end that somebody just credited. So I think they operate a little bit in the gray or in the red. Google does it too. Meta does it some too. And they do it because of money and they do it because they're big and they can get away with it. So my message to you about these companies is if you feel that you've been disadvantaged or if they've gone against your rights, just because you can't reach out and pick up a telephone like this or they don't respond to your emails, write a letter, file a complaint with different authorities, and you're going to see that you're going to get a response. If you don't get a response with that, send a certified letter, send a FedEx letter. They hate that. And the more documentation you have, the more proof you've got if they ever try to send you to collections. And the thing that really got me annoyed is that a week before I had sent the letter out, um, actually, I did it online, but when I was going to do this, they said the thing was past due, and I sent an email, and they said, oh, we're going to go ahead and credit your account. And they never did. It was like you spoke to somebody from another country, and they really didn't do what they said. Now, if that person would have done what they said, my account would have never went into default. So they reinstated my account. Uh, long story short, I'm probably not going to use eBay again. I may once or twice, but I just had a, such a bad experience with the way they work. And they hound you as soon as the bills do. They want to get paid that day. I mean, it's insane. It's not even a net 30. So I don't know. They're not the site they used to be. So that's just something I want to share with you. And I feel that you as a consumer has a choice to which services you decide to use and not use. So again, we'll keep you in the loop of more things like this, but don't feel that just because somebody hides behind an email or a telephone or a website that you can't get your justice. You absolutely can. All right, another interesting topic I want to share with you tonight. Google was fined $116 million by India's antitrust watchdog for abuse of the Android platform. Wow. Can you believe that? I mean, they're getting hit left. They're getting hit right. Um, India's a competition regulator on this past Thursday ordered Alphabet Inc., which is a division of Google, in case you didn't know, to change its approach to its Android platform and find the U.S. tech company $13.38 billion Indian rupees or $161.95 million for anti-competitive practices. So I think a lot of these foreign countries are waking up. We as the United States of America need to realize that we have more power than we think. If these small, tiny countries and cities are complaining, we have much more power and we could get that and more. So don't let these companies take advantage of you. Don't 
be uh, somebody that says, oh, gee, you know, they're, they're a billion-dollar company. I can never get my just desserts. You know, if you have proof that somebody's done something wrong to you, I don't care whether they're a dollar company or a billion-dollar company or multi-billion-dollar uh, company. You need to complain. And if they don't respond, keep going up the chain until you get someone to listen. I mean, that's really uh, what it comes down to. This could be a host of companies, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's a, um, a shopping uh, site. It doesn't matter what it is. You just need to be responsive. Even insurance companies um, pull this game. You know, they don't realize... But then they make a mistake, and if you don't respond at X period of time, guess what? You're suddenly guilty. It's unfair. It's unfair, and what we saw with this um, uh, motion that happened in this fine is that India is not going to tolerate what Google was doing. Okay. And, you know, they have a sign that says Google for India. You know, all these companies are so good at being politically correct. What does that mean? It means that they say the right things at the right times to make you believe, in other words, to be a con artist in a polite way, to con you into believing that they actually give a darn about you, your business, your life. They don't. And so if they don't care about it and they abuse you, why wouldn't you want to get them fined? I mean, we have to teach these companies a lesson. I think that's the only thing that is going to stop them. Because if we keep playing games the way we are, they're going to keep walking over you and I and everyone else we care about so much. So realize that when you're talking to somebody, if you don't get your messages, save them, be a, make sure you hold them accountable. And when you hold them accountable, they're going to slowly come around and not apologize, but they're going to fix the situation. Sometimes they may not even tell you they fixed it. You'll just get an automated message like I did the other day saying, hey, thank you for your payment. I didn't make a payment. Right? The right way would have been to say, you know, dear Mr. Morley, we're sorry for the inconvenience that we have caused you. Uh, we see that you spoke to several reps, and the one rep promised they were going to refund you. They didn't. Um, please understand that we're taking care of this right now, and we're crediting you, and then bam. But no, they didn't do that. All they did was just send a credit. So, yes, they solved the problem, but it's their level of connection to the consumer, to the customer, the client. That's a big, big problem, ladies and gentlemen, a really, really big problem. So when you are taken advantage of, I don't care if it's for a dollar or a billion dollars, say something, do something, complain, write a letter, okay? Do it online. And if that doesn't work, then you can get to the, the paper letters. But really do this because if you start to do this, these companies are going to realize they need to tighten their belts. And they need to stop playing games with you. Just because they have a few dollars more than you doesn't mean that they should disrespect you. That's that's important. And this goes with Amazon. This could be Facebook. This could be Google, PayPal, any of your credit card companies or shopping companies. 
goes for everyone. All right. All right. I've got another great topic for you. Meta Oversight Board can now apply a warning screen. Yes, they can apply. They can meta 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 may now meta oversight board can now apply warning screens on content. Now you might say to me, John, what the heck is that all about? Well, this has been an issue for a while, but Meta now being able, um, they call it the board, Meta Meta's um, board. Over, they call it an oversight oversight board uh, now can apply uh, warning uh, warning screens. And so what does it really mean in English? So when there's content that might be considered uh, disturbing or um, disruptive to you, they can put a warning. And so Meta Platforms Inc. Independent Oversight Board said just this past Thursday, that starting this month, it can decide on applying a warning screen, okay? Marking content is disturbing or sensitive. And the board, which already has the ability to review your user appeals to remove content, said it would be able to make binding decisions to apply a warning screen when, I quote, leaving up or restoring qualifying content, including photos and videos, respectively. So, quote, unquote, since we started accepting appeals two years ago, we have received nearly 2 million appeals from users around the world, the board report said. Still quoting, this demonstrates the ongoing demand from users to appeal Meta's content moderation decisions to an independent body, close quote. So I think what this is saying is, hey, Facebook, hey, Google, you're not going to be able to run your own party. So if you don't like it, well, we've got a higher authority that now can be like a governing authority, not so much the government, but a unbiased party that actually is above you and can now put warnings on the screen and they can even uh, take care of appeals and, re and reverse the situation on decisions where clients weren't treated fairly. So I think that's really cool. The biggest problem I have with a lot of these companies is, you know, they, they outsource their work. And you get people on the phone. They don't know what they're talking about. They insult you to the nines. They can't even spell your city correctly. And then they tell you you got to spend more money. I mean, what idiot is going to do that? That's what they're doing. They're hiring these people to tell you you need to spend more money. And when you spend more money, well, then you're going to get results. No, you're not. You're just going to spend more money and then you're going to be more pissed off and then you're going to probably leave. I know one time I had a person when I told them I didn't want to work with them anymore, they called me back and they apologized. And I said, the only way you're going to get me back is if you refund all my money and you give me double so I can spend it on ads. They said, Oh, I'm not at Liberty to do that. I said, well, I guess our call's over then. Goodbye. You see those words. Goodbye. Are very interesting. Now I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm saying then to put your foot down. If you feel that you're working with a company like that and they're walking all around you and you know where you're going to be and you know where they are right now, and you say, look, this is where we need to be. And if they're not even moving close to it, okay, goodbye. 
Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And they're like, well, wait, no, 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 there's no wait. Goodbye. If you can't help me, uh, goodbye. And I think the challenge is a lot of us, you know, are good natured and we don't really want to scream or yell. And I'm not saying to scream or yell, but what I am saying to do is we need to put our foot down. I had a lady a few weeks ago uh, from an agency and she was being a little rude. And I said to her, look, I'm not able to help you with that right now. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. And finally, I put my foot down. I said, look, I'm putting my foot down now. And, I, and then I raised my voice. I said, you should don't do it. And I say, no, this is not right. You cannot tell me what I should be doing. I tell you. And if this is the way you're going to treat me, this isn't right. And I'm not going to put up with it. So I think this is the problem. When companies are bigger, they think that they can do what they want. And they think they can name their price. And really? You have more power than you think. All right, let's keep moving on, all right? How many of you remember floppy disks? I don't even know if I have one in my desk. I don't think I do. Uh, the closest I have is a CD. But when we think about floppy disks, a floppy disk, you probably remember there were two types of floppy disks. Do you remember that? We had the uh, we had the the one which uh, was the five and a half inch disc, and then we had the three and a half, uh, which is more um, common uh, in the recent years, and it could store one point four four megabytes of data. And then we also had the zip drives. You remember the zip disks? Those were so darn bulky, right? They were really really bulky. Uh, so floppy disks or floppy diskette. Um, is now obsolete. And uh, it was composed of a thin and flexible disk of magnetic storage medium in a square or nearly square plastic enclosure that was lined with fabric that removes the dust particles from the spinning disk. And floppy disks um, basically were there to store digital data and they could be read and written when the disk was inserted into a floppy disk drive called an FDD. And that was connected to uh, the inside of your computer or was externally, depending on uh, what computer you had and type. And the first floppy disk invented and made by IBM had a disk diameter of eight inches, which is 203.2 millimeters, uh, which was just about five and a quarter inches. And then three and a half inches became the ubiquitous form of data storage and transfer into the first years of the 21st century, according to our facts from Wikipedia. Thank you very much. So floppy disks were so common in the late 20th century that many electronic and software programs continued to use the save icons that lock floppy disks well into the 21st century. And floppy disk drives, 
still have limited uses, especially with some legacy industry equipment. So I have a very interesting story I want to share with you. And that is a 1990 relic, the floppy disk, getting a second life at California warehouses. Now you're probably saying, John, who the heck uses floppy disks today, right? Who uses floppy disks? Who still uses floppy disks, if you had to ask that question? Well, anyway, before I answer that, I want to tell you that there's this gentleman, and he is um, in a California warehouse, and he's the largest collector and seller of floppy disks. He refurbishes them, etc. And um, he is a bulk supplier of the three and a half inch floppy disk used to store data in the 1990s. Uh, he sells about 500 disks a day, but says he knows his days are numbered and this will not be forever. So his industry is going to eventually, um, you know, uh, implode uh, because they're not going to be needed anymore. So who still uses floppy disks? Well, <laughs> I think the question comes is you've got some proprietary uh, piece of equipment. Uh, you got people um, that are using things like uh, embroidery machines, stuff like that, and uh, other types of very legacy uh, equipment that can't read anything but a floppy disk. That's all they have. And so the uh, BBC estimates that there are more than 20,000 floppy disks uh, would be needed to store the same amount of information that a 32 gigabyte memory stick can. That's pretty amazing, right? And when we think about, you know, who's using them, um, you know, you've got uh, many industries, like you've got, uh, I told you, you've got the embroiderers, because they didn't have technology uh, that could really, you know, go to this next level. And you might say, well, John, it's so easy. Why don't they just why don't they just add the technology to their equipment? Well, it's not so easy because the equipment's very old and, and this is on equipment that people don't want to buy brand new machines. And you're talking about machines that could range anywhere from five thousand to twenty thousand dollars. And unfortunately, gentlemen, they don't have anything if but a floppy disk. And this might sound a little crazy, but I have to tell you that floppy disks still have a purpose in our world. They, they, they still have a purpose. And that purpose is to be able to store small amounts of data on legacy equipment, right? Legacy equipment still uses floppy disks. Did you know that? You've got um, medical equipment. Now, not new, not new medical equipment, but a lot of the old ones still use floppy disks. And the interesting thing is that floppy disks are... Um, very inexpensive, okay? But they're still used a lot. Did you know that ATM and legacy cash transaction systems 
are still running with floppy disks. That's pretty cool. Now, you might say to me, John, why the heck are we still using floppy disks? And where do we stand? Well, they've been around for a very long time. And while the average user might not have any cause to even think about buying a floppy disk, there are a lot of people who just cannot live without them. They're in a real um demand for certain types of equipment mostly manufacturers um have stopped producing them but there's this one group that still uses them and the floppy disk might seem like something better um than in for the 1990s but the thing is floppy disks just have a very minimal purpose and so, you know, you're talking about legacy machines, you're talking about, um, you know, machines that have no way to store things except for a floppy disks. And so the question might come down is, if you asked me right now, John, what equipment still uses floppy disks today? And I would have to tell you, that, you know, we've got things like the ATM machine. We've got the embroider machines. Um, you want to really laugh? The U.S. nuclear force still uses floppy disks. The 8-inch floppy disks. They're using the 8-inch floppy disks to still run the U.S. nuclear weapon system. I think they need to figure out a way to change that. But they're saying that taxpayers have spent $61 billion a year on maintaining age technologies. Why isn't our government updating this? I mean, what's wrong with them? And it said that it was three times more than the investment on modern IT systems. We got a group of people that might know how to do war and how to run the country, but they sure don't know anything about technology. I mean, that's that's a given, right? Who still uses floppy disks? The report also said, and I quote, the Department of Defense system that coordinated the intercontinental ballistic missiles, nuclear bombers, and tanker support aircraft runs, and I quote, on IBM Series 1 computer a 1970 computing system using eight inch floppy disks. An IBM series one computer runs the system that manages tankers and ballistic missiles. Is there something wrong with that picture or am I just like asking something that's, that's not really Right. And to give you an understanding of what a Series 1 IBM is, um, you've got your CRT, which is your screen. You've got a keyboard that's probably three or four times the thickness of a regular keyboard and maybe a little bit longer, not much. The keys are very uh, different than your regular 
keys that you have is they have more tactility to them. Uh, you know, they have very clicky sounds and they have the uh, storage drive. And then they have the machine that runs it, which is actually, we'll call it the, the tower, if you will. Well, think about this. The tower is a little bigger than your refrigerator, all right? And it is about three times the size of a typical tower. You're on track to graduate from a great school, but do you feel unsure of what's next? Top accounting firms want candidates like you with backgrounds outside the industry. Northeastern University's combined MS in accounting plus MBA will prepare you to launch your career in just 15 months. Develop accounting and business expertise and gain immersive experience through a paid corporate residency. RSVP to a virtual information session at northeastern.edu slash accounting events. Medium tower, going from left to right. That's a pretty big uh, machine. So you need a lot of room for this. And the printer is ancient. But the issue comes down to the fact that they don't want to write new code for a new system. And they say the system remains in use, and I quote, in short, because it still works. And the Pentagon spokeswoman, um, Lieutenant Colonel Valerie Henderson, told the AFP News, the system remains in use because, in short, it still works. And I know this might sound very frustrating. Um, Disc-getter discs became popular in the 1970s. A standard 8-inch 200-millimeter floppy disk had 237.25 kilobits of storage space, enough for 15 seconds of audio. Wow. Not really worth much. And you would need more than 130,000 8-inch floppy disks to store 32 gigabytes of information, the size of an average memory stick. In the 1990s, the three and a half floppy became the norm with a 1.44 megabyte of memory. Dell stopped making computers with inbuilt floppy disks in 2003. And very few manufacturers still make them. They're still in use in some 1990s tech equipment that are too valuable to scrap. So you can buy a floppy disk uh, pretty expensively. So you might say to me, John, can you get like a, a cheap floppy disk. So floppy disks are not that expensive. Um, but what about the drive? Well, a floppy disk drive, okay, um, is not that easy to come by. It really isn't. Floppy disks are easier. You can get an external uh, USB external floppy drive. But what about an internal floppy drive? Um, you can still get them, yes, like on Amazon and stuff like that. And I remember because this brings back memories. The typical 1.44 floppy drive, okay, when it was more in its prime, was probably around, I'm going to say, if I had a guess, 
it was probably around 50 bucks. Okay. Um, they have them used. Okay. For $39. Then after they went um, several years and then it was like three or four years before they're becoming obsolete, you could buy them for 25 bucks. They had two connectors, one which was the uh, standard uh, connector, which was for your power. And, you know, they had the four, the four uh, pin um, male connector. And then they had uh, the other connector, which would be, uh, you know, your, your floppy, your FTTD connector. But the USB drives, get this, you can buy a USB external floppy drive for under 20 bucks. So you might be asking me, John, how much is a floppy disk? Well, right now, you can actually buy floppy disks in a pack, a 50-pack, for $49.95. You might say, gee, that doesn't sound too bad, right? $49.95. And you divide that, ladies and gentlemen, by 50. That means you're paying basically about 999 cents per uh, per um, per disc. So just under a dollar. And uh, the thing about floppy disks is they have the little, you know, the little metal slider. So when you put it in the drive it had a spring so it would go to the left and then it would be open. It was kind of a way of keeping that area safe, but sometimes those metal things would break off. And then there was also a nub on the side, like a little stub. And when you, you push that nub, you could lock the drive so that nothing could write to it, but it could always read. So very, very interesting, but you know, floppy drives are definitely on the way out. I know I don't use them, but when would I need to use them? I guess if I had a very specific application for a proprietary piece of equipment and I had to get data into it and it didn't have a USB port and had an FDD controller, then I guess I'd have to use a floppy drive. So you have to realize, though, that if you have a USB and they don't have USB, that's not going to be enough. So you have to find, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you have to find um, an internal floppy drive. They're not too easy to come by, ladies and gentlemen. An internal floppy drive. I didn't say a USB drive. I said an internal floppy drive. An internal floppy drive, okay, right now you can get a uh, Sony internal floppy drive. Now they're charging a lot more money. They're charging 100 bucks. That's almost twice what I was paying for uh, floppy drives over 10, 15 years ago. And the thing about this is that, so Sony is still making them. Um, and there's another company that does emulators. And the reason they're making them is very simple. They know that there's a need for them on certain machines, right? Certain machines still use floppy disks. And it's a very inexpensive medium, but I think it's they're worried about, you know, putting more technology to be able to use things like USB. 
And so Sony manufactured the world's last new floppy disks back in 2011. But the product's longevity and reusability have withstood modernization in Japan. So they have fund managers using this. They're even using this on financial systems. I, I can't believe I've even seen these in some old, I'm going to say, um, digital signage systems. And that goes back quite a bit. Definitely, definitely goes back quite a bit. All right, I have one more important story to share with you guys tonight, and that is, are we ready for it? Uber launches advertising unit to let marketers target ads based on where you go. This is interesting. So we're all familiar with Uber, Lyft, and, and uh, those type of services. Well, imagine now using your app and you say you're going somewhere. They're going to start showing you let's say attractions or restaurants or things that are going to be where you're traveling to. So if you're, let's say, taking your Uber, your Lyft, and you're going to uh, a place uh, 10 or 15 minutes away, it's going to show you places over there. Now, right now it's only Uber that's doing it, but I suspect that Lyft will be doing it soon. I also believe, I think this is coming, that we're going to start to see advertising in the back of the Uber and Lyft vehicles. I think that's coming. And uh, the nice thing about that for them is that they can just push advertisers on and off there without having to spend a lot of time, especially because it's digital, whole digital network. They could put you on there for 10 minutes, an hour. They could push you out wherever you want to be. You could pay more money in prime time or what they call uh, basically their, their rush time. Um, the surge is what they call it. So really some interesting things. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have enjoyed this uh, great edition of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. We have one more week to be together, which is next week for the month of October. And then it will be time to say happy Halloween. In the meantime, I hope if you have not gotten your Halloween costume, that you are either making one or you're going out to Buy one because after all, people of all ages still go trick-or-treating. They still go to parties. It's not just for kids. They now do trunk or treats for adults with liquor. All right. It's been a blast being with you. I hope you have gained some new knowledge. Definitely check out BelieveMeAchieve.com. There's so much information that you can learn to improve your lives. If you're looking to be a guest, Please visit, yes, jmore.com, and um, reach out to us, fill an application, and um, apply to become a guest. And if you have something of educational value, there's a very good shot that we'll be inviting you for a pre-interview. And if that goes well, you'll become a guest on our show. Of course, I hope that you'll like, love, and support the channel. Make the choice, ladies and gentlemen, to tag your friends, colleagues, and associates. Share this out with everyone you know. Below the video, please click on that PayPal link and make the choice to help my crew buy them a cup of coffee, a watermelon, or a delicious dessert. Either way, we will always be grateful for those pennies and dollars you invest to us one time or every single month to continue to bring you the most amazing jaw-dropping content about technology and things to improve the quality of your life. I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur your host of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, 
Until next week, October 28th, I'll see you guys. Remember, be smart and surf safely and use technology as a tool for good and not for bad. Remember to always see your glass half full. And I'll see you on October 28th. suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.